Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. It help if I unmute myself. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy Friday. Ah, okay. Um, how many of you are excited? I mean, how many of you have like like clients right now? Because business is insane right now. Like my market is just like overnight. It's just like, okay, here we go. I'm like trying to take this half hour and not think about business. So here, let's do this. Okay. Now that I'm situated and we got this call, this call started, uh, we want to talk today about storytelling. Uh, and why should we tell stories? How do we tell stories? What stories do we tell? Is there a way that you tell a story? How many of you are, um, I mean, I know we're all kind of here. We're, we're digital. That's why we're here. Usually that's why people want to know from me is digital marketing. So how many of you are really, you think you're an expert at telling a story? Okay, nobody. No problem. Good. That's why that is why we're here. Because do you do you believe that stories sell? Right? Yeah. Stories sell everything, right? The stories we tell ourselves sell sell us on how we're going to feel about a situation. Right? You tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be so tired when I wake up in the morning. That's a story you told yourself and you wake up in the morning and, oh, wow, you're tired, right? So like the stories we tell ourselves sell us on how we're going to feel. So if we utilize that same thought process and say, okay, so the stories that we tell online are the stories that that we want people to know so so they like us, they know, like, and trust us, right? That's the whole reason we do social media. So I want to share with you um, a few tips today on storytelling. Uh, And then I want to go over and talk. I want to actually look at a couple of profiles of people on Instagram and Facebook who I think do an excellent job of telling a story. So we can kind of see what it looks like. Um, So first things first, I want to give you the five reasons to tell a story. This is not a fancy presentation. It's literally a Google Doc that I put together. Okay, there's five reasons that I think you should tell stories. A, they're memorable. Uh, B, they're relatable. C, they evoke emotion. Um, D, they make your message more interesting. And uh, whatever is after D, E, uh, (laughs) stories inspire action. Okay, stories are memorable. When you tell a story, you're creating an emotional connection with your audience, which is going to make your audience remember the story in turn, remember you. Stories are memorable. It's much easier or much more memorable, I should say, to tell a story about, uh, for example, selling a house when the story does not start with just sold. Is that true? If the story starts with just sold, okay, that's like a million other stories out there. What makes yours so different? Rather, what makes a story a little bit different, I'm going to give you an example right now. She doesn't know that I'm doing this, is Tara. Tara Roy posted this the other day. Closing on this little stinker today. And when I say that, I'm not joking. It really stinks. This is already a story I want to read about. How about you? I already want to know more. The story stinks. It's got a little poo emoji right there. Okay. She sold a house, but her story did not sell out. Did not, it was not a picture of her in front of a house saying, just sold. Here it is. This is what she said. She's telling the story of this stinky house and how she turned it around. Stories are memorable. 
Stories are relatable. When you tell stories about yourself, they're going to relate to your target audience. And if you're just out here, just trying to be a generalist, cool. Don't, don't tell stories. It's cool. Just post, just listed, just sold, just pending, you know, market updates, post all that stuff. That's normal. That's fine. That's a generalist. That's a generalist too. But if you want to relate to your audience, you have to tell stories that make, make you relatable. Stories about yourself. Stories about your clients. Stories about your business. Stories about your family. Stories about your friends. Stories about what you do for fun. Stories. They're more relatable. Stories also evoke emotions. Like in this little example here, if we go back to Tara, did it, who had an emotion after reading that first line? Closing on this little stinker today. What was your, what's your emotion? I mean, I have an emotion. My emotion is like, oh, like, I don't know if that's actually an emotion, but like it did evoke a feeling, right? It evoked it. Oh, hmm. What's going on? Right. It's also relatable because how many of us have worked with stinky houses before? And how many, uh, how many people out there, clients, maybe uh, your target audience could be thinking, hmm, maybe my house, do I, is my house one of the stinky houses? Right. It's going to evoke a feeling in people. So telling stories evokes emotion. Uh, and stories make your message much more interesting. Telling the story about a stinky house is much more interesting than saying, hey, I just sold a cut. I just closed. I just made money today. Right. Like people want to, people are more interested in that than they are in um, looking at, you know, you're just listed and just sold. And the fifth reason why um, storytelling is important is because stories inspire action. A well-crafted story inspires your audience to, to actually take action if you, if you craft it well. So I'm going to go into the, the framework of a story here in a minute. Um, but if you, if you tell a story that actually highlights the benefits of what you do versus like, versus the, the, like the task of what you do, right? We all, we all, we all help people buy and sell homes. Can we all agree on that? Every single one of us does that. Every single one of us helps people buy and sell homes. But what about it? What about you makes what you do more interesting? What is the benefit of someone choosing to work with you than choosing to work with the other person down the street who buys and helps people buy and sell homes? Does anybody have any thoughts on that? Okay, I'll tell you what the benefit of working with me is. The benefit of people working with me versus working with the realtor who lives down the street from me is that I have a system in place. My system will help you sell your home for the most money and buy a house with as little stress as possible. My system is efficient. It is organized. It will give you a checklist. Who wants that? Because the thought, I mean, even for me, but even for me, thinking about selling my house because we're going to sell our house next year, I'm just like, okay, whew, let's hope my system works for me because it's scary. Like thinking about selling your own house, you know, and we help people do this every day. And we forget because a lot of us don't buy and sell houses for ourselves every single day, right? We forget what the feeling is. We forget the feeling of being that buyer for the first time, that first time buyer and that the fear that comes from interest rates going up. What if I can't make my mortgage payment? What if I can't afford this? What if I lose my job? What if I don't pay my taxes? What if I don't pay any utilities? What happens if I have to get a new roof and I don't have $40,000 in savings? We forget about that fear. So when we start telling stories about our clients going through that and how we help them overcome that fear, that is a way better, way better story than just saying, okay, yay, I sold the house. 
Do you all agree with that? Okay, so are we all sold on why you need to tell stories? Okay, cool. So what I want to go into next is like, how? How do you tell stories? I mean, when you think about telling stories, does it, does, does anyone get a little like, uh, writer, do you get writer's block? Do you get like, kind of like a little, like you get like just in your brain, you get all up in your head, get up all up in here. And you're like, I don't know what to say. And then you just keep going. You're just like down this rabbit hole. of what do I do? That's normal. That's normal. That's very normal. Um, do you all like ne negotiating? Get, some, someone's shaking their head, but most people will say yes. If you're in real estate, we like negotiating. That gives me a rush. The rush of negotiating is like, there's nothing like that. That is why I love to do what I do. Because I love to negotiate. I love to find like a win-win situation or a win-lose situation as long as I'm on the winning side. <laughs> Just kidding. Not true. But I really like to, I really like to negotiate. Okay. But you can't just go in and negotiate without telling the story of why you want your seller to do a price reduction. That's a negotiation, right? You're, you're not just going and saying, okay, seller, I need you to drop the price by $10,000 today. You're not doing that. Are you going in and you're telling the seller, hey, so, you know, seller, we've had your house on the market now for about you know, 20 days. And remember when we first talked about selling your house and we talked about, you know, the, what the market's going to tell us. Well, you know, here's what the market is telling me right now. My experience is telling me that the market is saying that after 20 days on the market, when the average is 10, okay, after 20 days on the market, and we've had about three showings, it tells us that something's missing. Something's missing here. That's how you go into a price reduction conversation, right? You don't go in just saying, okay, that's what I want. You tell the story. So you're telling a story. Whether you think about it or not, you're telling a story. When you have a buyer who is trying to decide if they want to put an offer in on a house, okay? Are you telling a story to the buyer of like, hey, you know, here's a couple of things I want you to think about when you decide uh, if, when you're going to purchase a house. A, I want you to think about what's the long-term benefit for you? How are you going to feel living in this house? What, how, will it, how much joy will it bring you if you write an offer on this house and you get it, right? But also on the other side, how are you going to feel if you don't write an offer and someone else comes in and swoops it up? That happens all the time. Stories. We're always telling stories. When we're negotiating, we're always telling stories. It's not just going online and making a post and saying, okay, here's a story. You're always telling stories. If you're parents, you're telling stories to your kids. If you're a dog owner like me, I'm always telling stories to my dog about why she's going to love taking a bath. She might not understand me, but she sure hears the story. <laughs> but, um, okay. So let's go and talk through the, the, uh, the five steps to how to tell your story. First of all, you've got to know your audience. So on a, a few of my calls recently, I've done, I've kind of done some more deep dives and really understanding who your target audience is and going in and going to speak directly to them. If you are not speaking to your audience, you are speaking to no one. Like, I'd rather talk to five really, 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 really qualified, perfect people than zero people. I'd rather talk to one really, really, really perfect person than zero. So you've got to speak directly to your audience. Know who they are. Don't be a generalist. Be a specialist. Make your story relevant. 
Your story should be relevant to what they're interested in, what they're concerned about. You've got to use real life examples, real life stories, anecdotes, stories to show how what you've done has helped them achieve their challenges or achieve their goals or challenges. A really great way to tell a story about what you've done is to tell it, share a client testimonial. Client testimonials are awesome. Awesome ways to share a story. Uh, you want to make sure that you create an emotional connection. Here's a story that I shared on Facebook recently that got a lot of emotional connection. I got a ton of interaction from this. Because A, I'm relating to my audience, right? So I'm telling them a little about me. I am a mixed race woman. I grew up in two separate households with two different cultures. I had parents who were on the opposite ends of the religious spectrum. Is there emotion behind that story? Is it relevant to people? Is it relatable to people? And then if, I, if you go into it, I go and I talk about how I went through all of these things as a child. I went through, like, I bounced back and forth. I can adapt to any situation. That is, my, that is one of my superpowers. You put me in any situation and I can adapt because I had to my entire life. So when you look at, when you're telling a story, I've been able to relate this back to how what I've gone through in my life relates to what I do for my clients. I'm flexible in problem solving. I can think at the drop of a dime. No, there's never a one size fits all with me ever. Ask anyone who works on my team. I change things like that all the time. We're always changing. We're never stagnant. We're always moving forward. I can work with a diverse group of people. I can work with people on any side of the political spectrum. And it really doesn't bother me as long as, as, long as they meet certain criteria. Right? I don't, I don't judge people for that. I can respond fast. I'm always learning. And I can I communicate very well with my clients. So the story here is doing all of that. It's emotional. It's creating an emotional connection. It's very authentic, right? Very authentic. People, I, I hear people often say that when they meet me in person, they are happy because what they see here online is what they see in person. And that's like the, that's like one thing that's really, really important about telling your stories. You've got to be super authentic because when I, I have done this before, I don't know how many of you have done this, but I have gone and I have met people that I have followed online in person. I followed online and I met them in person and I was highly disappointed. Has that ever happened to any of you? Yeah. Don't be that person. Don't be that person who disappoints your followers. Do not be that person. I have people, agents here locally reaching out to me on Instagram all the time, two to three a week, wanting to meet me in person because they're inspired by what they see online. And so I go and I'm in person and it's like, okay, you're, I'm just as inspiring in person. So you've got to be authentic. Your stories, like what you tell people, the more, the more you tell people about yourself, the more you let them see who you are, the less you have to think about what you told people. So when you actually meet people, you're like, oh, I can be myself. I'm very opinionated, right? And that doesn't ever go away. I'm super opinionated. And like, you're going to see that in person. I'm also a very energetic person. I'm a high energy person. It's very, 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 very few times, unless you catch me at like eight o'clock at night, like last night, I have no energy. And that's pretty normal because I wake up at 4.30 and la, 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 la. So be authentic in your stories. How many of you are getting good stuff from this? 
Good, 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 good. Okay, so let's move on to the framework of telling a story. And then I want to show you two other stories that people recently pulled online that I'm like, oh, I love that story. Okay, the framework for storytelling. Ready for this? Start with a hook. Uh, have any has anyone read uh, Brendan Kane's Hook Point? That is hands down the best book I've read this year. Let's think about some hooks. Think about some hooks that are really, really, really powerful out there. Just do it. Who said just do it? Nike. Yeah, I like it. Just do it. Um, got milk? Beef? It's what for dinner. It's what for dinner. All of these lines, all of these hooks, these are all industries. They're industries telling you what they want you to know about themselves. Nike, just do it. What does that actually mean? Stop wasting time. Just go out and do it. Just do it. And that, I don't know when they came up with that hook, but I'll tell you what, that hook sticks. That sticks. Everywhere you go, you see, just do it. Okay. I use just do it all the time with people. I'm like, just do it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. Right. So start with a hook. Be, find something super catchy. Find something that like that grabs your audience's attention. And that hook is like the one of the it is one of the hardest things to do. But it's super, super important. So if you can think of one line, one line that can get your hook going, that can get your audience hooked on what you're saying. I am a mixed race woman. Who's going to read that? Anybody who wants to know what it's like, anybody who wants to know what it's like, anybody who, is, who wants to know what it's like to grow up with two different cultures, anybody who wants to know what it's like to grow up with, with different religious spectrums, anyone who, wants, every, anyone who wants to read something about that, I am a mixed race woman. They're going to read it. That's a hook. Okay. Set, set the scene. Provide some context. Provide some context. If you're telling a story about a client, like here, let's go back to Tara's story real quick. Let's set the scene. So her, she's setting the scene. Real estate isn't always glamorous. Sometimes it's selling properties where a tenant's dog have urinated on the floor for the past 10 years and they've completely destroyed the house. How many of you can feel the scene? How many of you know where you're at now? It's a really good job of setting the scene, right? Set the scene. So tell people, where are you? What are you talking about? What is the context of your story? Build the tension. So you got to create tension in your story by highlighting the obstacles or challenges, right? Let's go back to my story here. Okay. If I wanted to succeed, I had to adapt, right? I went to four different high schools. Being a teenager is hard. Add to that learning a new environment, a new culture, and new teachers and rules every year. I'm building the tension. Provide a resolution. Then come back and tell like what's going on. Give, give, your, give your reader a conclusion that's satisfying. Something like, yeah, that was a great story. Something that makes them want to engage with you. Something that makes them want to reach out to you. Something that makes them want to call you, whatever it is, whatever it is. Which kind of leads me to the next point of include a call to action, but not every time. Don't include a call to action every single time because no one wants to go always go to your Facebook page or go to your Instagram or go wherever you're at and be like, okay, click here to download my guide. Okay, click here to do this. No one wants to do that. No one wants to see that every time. Sometimes your story is just a story. 
Sometimes your story is there to just build your brand, just to tell people who you are, get them hooked on you so they can feel you. So don't always include a call to action. I mean, sometimes your call to action can be really small, like read the rest of the story or watch this video, right? But every single time does not need to have a call to action. Use visual elements. So we all know this. Use images or videos that actually help illustrate the story. I have one coming up um, here in April. I just put it in here yesterday. Um, it is this one. So this story here that I'm telling is a story of gratitude for mental health because I wasn't always able to sit in a park by myself and tell someone to take a picture of me and then start laughing about it. Wasn't always able to do that. So the story is having gratitude for my mental health because I've come from really, really dark, dark spaces to get here. So use visuals that make people want to read. Because that's, I mean, to me, I think that picture is like, she looks really happy. I want to read like, what about, what, what is great about that photo? Why should I read this story? So your, your visual elements need to match the story. Uh, a trick that I learned a long time ago is to go in and um, find a picture that you really, really, really like, and then tell the story about the picture. It's sometimes it's much easier to think about find the image that you like and tell the story behind the image versus thinking about the story and then trying to find the image to match it. And then keep it concise. I think Instagram is like 2,200 characters that you have to have on it or something like that. Facebook's a little bit longer, but you always want to make sure that whenever you're, tell, whenever you're telling a story on Instagram or on, on Facebook, like you've got to have these breaks here. Opportunity here in my story is this is a long one, so I don't know how much room there was to put more emojis in here, but there definitely needs to be more emojis in here. That's why I like Tara's story because Tara, it's like it's like separating my view, right? So when I go and read the story, I'm not going to be like just reading a bunch of words all the time. I see some some characters, some breakups in there. So make sure your story is concise and make sure people can actually read it online. A couple of really good examples of stories that I recently ran across were this one. Okay, it's an example of a visual that is very plain, very, very visual, very plain. But look what it says. You're going to wish you were a geriatric millennial, too. I'm like, geriatric millennial. What is that? Right. So I want to read more about this. So that image really matches the story. Another one that I saw recently was this one just sold. I'm like. Okay, like the image is literally a just sold house. But when I go read this, I'm like, okay. So listed pending officially sold in 35 days. And then I read a little bit more cool, you know, we sold in 35 days, whatever. But then I want to know more about what they actually did. And here they go. They tell the story of what they actually did. So proof a just sold post works as long as you tell the story the right way and you have the image to match it. Okay. Questions? Who's got questions? Um, Linnea, I have a couple of comments. Uh, when you asked the question of who tells good stories, I said I did. Um, I was talking over my head, I think. But uh, it was directly related to something that I learned by experimenting once with a client um, it was an older lady. She'd been in her home like 40 years. She'd done some remodels, et cetera. And I asked her to walk me to the property and sell it to me. So she walked me to the property, told me all the history, et cetera. And I dropped all that as the remarks to the potential 
fire. And they loved it. So that's been a technique that I've been using ever since. And this week, I learned something else. I I redid my bio. And when you see these long um, Facebook posts or your bio, etc., I give it out to several people to review it and, and critique it. And one thing that I learned was that the last paragraph should be like a very potent summary of everything that was written above, because sometimes people just scroll and will end up there. So in three sentences, you have to be able to summarize the key aspects of what was above. So that was a new lesson to me this week. It's a really good spot. It's a really good spot. Really good, really good thought. Um, and Adrian actually made me think of when I used to work for Nordstrom Cosmetics, I ran the cosmetics department and I would get people who wanted to come and play with makeup all day. They didn't realize that when you work for me, you don't just get to play with makeup. Danelle used to work with me at Nordstrom, so she knows. You don't just stand around and play with makeup. Yeah, we, we do makeup, but that's not what we're doing. We're changing people's lives with makeup. So like people would come in and they'd interview with me to get a job to play with makeup. And I'm like, cool, let's go down to the sales floor. And I'd take them to the sales floor. And I'd be like, what's your favorite brand? And people would have a brand. I'm like, cool, let's go to that, let's go to that counter. And we'd go to the counter. Great. I'm a customer. Tell me the story of this brand. Tell me the story of this makeup. You believe, I'll tell you what, a lot, a lot of people didn't get hired because A, they get to see what it's actually like to work with me on a sales floor because it's go, 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 right? But then B, the story, the, the stories just weren't there. Right. right. And so it's like, you got to think about that when you're telling your clients something, like when you're going into a listing presentation, you're telling people a story of why they should hire you. Mm-hmm. And your story is not always, I've worked in the business for 10 years and I've sold $25 billion in real estate and I've closed 600,000 transactions. That's not the story. Because like, just because you sold that many houses doesn't mean that me who's may have sold two houses couldn't do a better job. And we also tend to forget that it's all... It's not all about us. It's about them. Mm-hmm. Because me, that do a better job, is going to connect with you on a better, on a better, on a on a mm-hmm. different basis. So, like, you've got to learn to tell stories. If you can tell stories to your clients, and you can tell stories to your your customers, you can tell stories to your kids, you can tell stories to anyone that's around you in your personal circle. You can tell stories online. And once you start telling those stories online, you will find people that want to work with you. Interesting. This, the side benefit of what I've been doing with like telling more stories is that I started to meet a lot more agents here locally, tons more agents here locally. And as I'm growing and I'm building my team, I'm like, okay, there are a few that stand out a few. And I'm like, okay, that person's on my list. Great. Let's talk. Let's talk. Right. I've got a short list. And that's been a huge benefit of of telling more stories because I'm like, I like what you're doing, right? If I go and I'm finding an agent locally that I want to work with, I like what you're doing for multiple reasons. I think that what you do is is going to collaborate well with what we do, right? Because a team is just not all about one person's vision. It's about how can everyone's vision come together to form one giant, massive vision right? So the stories that you tell to yourself, the stories that you tell to people around you, you can tell those stories online. And Terry asked in the chat, where do you post these? 
I post them everywhere. Go find me on Instagram. You'll see a story that I also posted on my Facebook business page. And you'll see a story that I posted on LinkedIn. And you'll see a story that I posted on my Facebook personal page. I post them everywhere. There is no like, because because who I am, because this is so much a part of what I do, there's no hiding a personal side of my life and a business side of my life. There are some things in my life that are confidential, right? That I don't tell anybody. But if I tell you in person, if I tell you online here, or I tell you in person, I'll probably tell that story online somewhere. So I tell stories everywhere. I'm not afraid. I tell stories in posts, in my feed. I tell stories in my stories. I tell stories everywhere. Katrina. Hey there. Um, I just wanted to share. Um, I love that you're sharing this topic today because I have one I've always known being in sales since I was 14. Uh, facts tell, stories sell. But I have a colleague here in the Bay Area who she sold 78 homes last year. And I firmly believe it's because of the story she tells on her Facebook page. Yep. Um, her name is Felicia. She calls, she says, bye, Felicia, um, all the time. And uh, her stories are always about the client, how they met. And it's uh, Felicia does it again. And it's the whole story and the, every single post. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I love that you're doing it because I've always been like, ah, I got to figure out what my thing is to create, to share all these amazing stories with my clients. So um, I have... Who was it? I think it was Justin Timberlake one one time and said that he he wrote his first song in the shower. And he wrote his first song in the shower. And I love Justin Timberlake's music, by the way. So let's just go. Same. <laughs> like, I love Justin Timberlake. Like when he was on the Super Bowl, I was like, oh, my God, Justin Timberlake. And that kid thought he was like Justin Bieber is really funny. Anyway, so but Justin Timberlake, I think, wrote his first song in the shower. How many of you get those random thoughts in the shower? I get them all the freaking time. So I'm going to tell you a little tip, okay? So everything I have is in a Google Drive. Everything I have in a Google Drive and I have the Google Drive app on my phone. And I have certain files saved or starred because I want to always go into them. The other day I was in the shower, I was washing my hair and I was like, man, sometimes I have serious imposter syndrome. And all of a sudden I was like, imposter syndrome. What a great freaking post. So I went as soon as I got out of the shower, as soon, I don't, I didn't, I didn't even drive myself. I didn't even drive myself off. I was like, I gotta put that down. I went to my drive on my phone and I put it in April's content. So in April, we have a story coming up about imposter syndrome. So when you have those thoughts, when you have like a thought in your mind about like, you know, every, like every morning I'll sit there and I'll journal. And like right now I'm journaling, I'm just doing a whole week of gratitude. So the, the mental health post that I showed that I showed you guys just a minute ago, that is the that is the the child of a morning journaling time. I was like, you know, this would actually make a great Instagram post. Cause I was like, you know, I I didn't all I wasn't always super happy. I wasn't. I had to train myself. I had to reset my mind to be where I am today. What a great story. Who wants to know how to do that? Who wants to refine, who wants to wants to relate to something like that? How many of us are like sitting there and we're like, we're like, oh my God, you know, it sucks. Life sucks sometimes, especially as we grow up, especially as your kids, right? And today's kids, I mean, we got to spend it. We got to, we got to put a positive message out there because there is so much negativity being spread everywhere we go. You turn on any TV show, any radio station, unless you are programming what you're listening to. If you're just scrolling through TV or scrolling through radio, you're going to see something negative. 
If you have alerts on your phone, like the other day, I was like, okay, there's a shooting in Ballard. There's a shooting in West Seattle. There's a shooting here, a shooting everywhere you go. So we have to put out the positive stories. Don't, don't get, don't, don't think that just because I'm a super happy, super joyful person that I don't see that negative stuff, but I choose to ignore it. I choose to not let that get, I choose to not consume it. I choose to say, okay, that's a catching headline. How can I make a hook like that? That's going to make people want to stop and read what I have to read. Who's really, really, really good at hooks, you guys? The news. The news is so good at hooks. So if you ever want it, like you want some hook hook inspiration, go just like go through your news channel and like read all the stupid hooks that they put there. Like they're so bad, but like you want to read them. You have to train yourself not to, but... So um, that is that is my 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 whole thing on stories. Um, I will post my uh, Pat had asked about posting the uh, third page. I'll post it in the Facebook group. If you are not part of my Facebook group, let me add it here. And I also wanted to make a special announcement, you guys. I got asked to speak on a call next week Thursday. I believe it is. I'll post it in my Facebook group also, but it's on a. Um, it's a whole thing. I've never done this before. I'm just creating this brand new. And I got asked to present it to a group of people in a um, Facebook group. And I got permission to invite my own people to the call. So if y'all want to come and watch me, I'll put it, I'll put it in the Facebook group. So just watch for the announcement. Um, but I'm doing an entire presentation on strategically building your brand um, in order to build the right content strategy. Because you, if you don't have a strategic or a very cohesive brand, you cannot have cohesive content. So if you're struggling with putting cohesive content out there, let's go back to the basics and let's look at your brand. So I am doing that. Um, I'll, I can't remember the date or time, but uh, I'll post the link and I'll post the invite in there. So if you all can join me, I'd love to have some of my, my people there. <laughs> Just a bunch of strangers all the time. Um, so uh, I'll let you guys know. So thank you all for being here. If you have questions about any of this, you know where to find me. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.